0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is Daniel Howard's interview with the writer and director of She Dies Tomorrow, Amy Simetz, and the actresses, Caitlin Scheel and Jane Addams.
1: Hi, how's the new house? Good. Can you come over? Uh, I, I can't. Are you okay?
2: I am going to die tomorrow. There is no tomorrow for me.
1: All right, listen, Amy, I'm really freaking out right now. I feel like you put this idea of dying in my head. Can can you just call me back?
0: Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk about your film, She Dies Tomorrow. Uh, clearly, it's a very unique film, hard to even put in the box of a, a single genre. So could you just walk me through how you kind of developed this idea, the screenplay? Um, and, and where the idea kind of originated?
3: Sure. Uh, so I, it's it's very much a, a a movie about anxiety and fear of death, and, and that's very personal for me. And uh, in addition to that, I you know I I, I write for television, so uh, it takes a long time to develop these things. And coming from the world that I came from, which is independent film, uh, there's. I like immediacy. I like things to happen fast, mm-hmm. and I like, as a filmmaker, for that to know that I have control over, like, you know, wielding when I get to do my craft. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of times I sort of assuage that by acting on things, and um, and I'm very lucky that I get that opportunity as well. Uh, but but sometimes I'm on sets and 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 and, and then. Um, and I'm acting and I really enjoy it, but I also am like, oh, I really want to get my hands on the camera. I really want to like, I want to be in control.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, right.
3: And so I just sort of hit a point where like, you know, some of these shows were taking too long to develop that I was like, I have to start shooting, shoot something now. And I'm dealing with this anxiety that was like personal outside of uh, Mm -hmm. cinema and was like, it's going to be about that. And luckily enough, the people that um, share the same sort of, zest for, for spontaneity and, and also um, independent filmmaking are some of my best friends. Uh, Jay Keitel, who's my cinematographer and Caitlin Sheel and, and Jane. And I was like, we're going to shoot something. We're going to start it right now. And, and I, I, I mean, with all of my work, I really enjoy playing around with genre and playing around with some of the tropes or some of the, I say tropes. And I feel like there's a bad connotation to the word tropes. Mm. Um, I, I would, I, I think I should start say using the word tools. Sure. And, uh, and and I really like in horror or in genre filmmaking the contract that you make with an audience of like I'm gonna I'm gonna make you anxious and we're gonna have a release, you know, and we're gonna mm-hmm. have the scares and it's gonna be cathartic and you're gonna play around that. But I but I also. Uh, I also am, a. I also love art cinema, you know? So like mm-hmm. I love horror film and I love art cinema. I mean, all of my influences are horror films, but then also like Barbara Loden's Wanda and um, Louis Bun- Bunuel and Claire Denis and Agnes Varda and Chantal Ackerman, you know? So, uh, and they also, but all those filmmakers, Chantal Ackerman and, and, uh, and, and Agnes Varda and and Claire Denis also play around with uh, with tri- you know uh, 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 say tools of genre filmmaking in certain aspects, which is why I'm so attracted to their work, and why I'm attracted to like say like Josephine Decker's work uh, in, in addition. Yeah. Um, and so some of the tools that I really wanted to play around with were were specifically you know the sound design that I love so much in, in genre filmmaking and how weird it can get you know, and how, uh, sort of, uh, let's see, it just really pushes pushes the the audience into these other sonic atmospheres that, like, you can't really get away with in sort of classic drama, Sure. You know? um, <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I do and I don't consider it a horror film. Um, and I do and I don't but that's okay with me. Sure, <laughs> I, yeah. I do and I don't, but I, but I do think it, it, I was trying to get to something that all horror films were, that always get to, which is talking about death and fear of death. Mm-hmm. And whether you, whether you put a, a, a monster to that or a ghost or whatever, it's still toying with these ideas. And I thought, what if you, you know, do something like, uh, I guess, Seventh Seal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, style where it's just like, it's just death itself as opposed to a monster. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's sort of the impetus of everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and did, so did it start more, the project, did it start more from this idea of wanting to play around with some of these influences, like you were talking about with sound design, more than, uh, more than the, the idea of the film itself, the, 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 the quote unquote monster of, of anxieties in a sense?
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to ever I mean I'm talking retrospectively so sure. um, it's hard to sort of see where they all gel together, you know. Yeah. Um because all of us and I and I want to give everyone that worked on the film credit, you know, including including my cinematographer and all the actors, but um but yeah, I mean that's the thing is like we we started exploring and we started exploring visually this this feeling that I couldn't put into words. Um, and at first, at, at first, Jay Kaitel and I were were shooting this and I was editing it myself. Mm. And I, I want to give Kate Brokaw a shout out because she's she's my edit my editor. I'm terrible at media managing and I'm also left to my own devices. I'll re-edit things like over and over and over. Right. On board. <laughs> so I edited the earlier stuff just to get like a visual language for it about what the feeling was and she took it over um, once I realized it it was like it was a feature and and she took it over and was magnificent with it and and she also you have to give her credit for like also um, sort of giving like understanding the tone and understanding my sense of humor and understanding the horror at which I was like trying to like explain That she just intuitively understood it and so it was it was such a collaboration with all of these people that it 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 became more than just my anxiety it became everyone's you know everyone sort of like taking it and like and and helping me find that vision
0: yeah absolutely the the visuals of the of each moment where the characters kind of witness their you know their their future um are are beautiful and haunting what was the inspiration for the look of those sequences and how did you go about crafting those uh
3: well so jay and i have known each other for 17 years and we when i when i approached him about doing this with me it was all about like let's like let's push everything like let's push everything just to make something so like just sense like the senses just sort of like you know overload in a way Mm -hmm. and the same the same conversation i had with my sound designer um mary ellen porto who had worked with both of them on my second season on on the girlfriend experience and she's just so wonderful as well and like is excited that she gets to push things so far and if you work in um in In TV or in film, there's always a question of like, is this too far? Are people is this going to alienate people? Mm -hmm. But when you have the luxury of working with somebody that's self-financing their movie, the answer is no. There is there's no there are no limits. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Right. And so we Jay and I were like, is this too trippy? And we would experiment with sort of the ways that it looked. And it really wasn't experimentation like there's a lot of times that we a lot of days that he and I experimented just in my garage just me and him hmm. coming up with some of the visuals that are like kind of cut in yeah and and figuring out exactly how that looked in a lot of the early days of that stuff was like we don't know uh exactly what we're gonna get but then we we with those experimentations with lenses and then all this other visual stuff that I was doing um with like plexiglass and like throwing things on this piece of plexiglass and filming them with these macro lenses, we were able to come up with sort of textures and know how to like control it and knew what worked. And that came with the the same thing as like the visuals and the lights. And and then just, I mean, that's from our experimentation, but it was trying to get to something I was trying to describe to Jay as to like what I would think a near-death experience would feel like, Mm -hmm. which would not just be, Horror or fear that it was everything all at once, which would be like elation and like sadness mm-hmm. and and like you know uh, confusion in all of these things, and so it was like it's like being what we came up with was sort of like the blind like the blinding of the experience, like the like light wise, the blinding of the experience, and then sonically the sort of overwhelming you know. Uh, uh, vibration of what you're experiencing Mm -hmm. and probably the flood of thoughts and it's just like so much to handle that that's sort of where we came visually but also sonically with with where we were going
0: that's awesome and definitely all of those emotions that you that you listed absolutely come across the strange blend of sadness and elation Uh, I think that works really well one more question for you um just in this in this weird season uh quarantine season what's what's been keeping you uh entertained or inspired uh movies books tv whatever what what are you kind of what are you consuming recently
3: (laughs) there's some embarrassing stuff daniel
0: perfect that's the best
3: Um, (laughs) i definitely this is early okay early quarantine i definitely like blew through love is blind and oh yeah and um I mean, there's so many people crying and saying, I love you. Like, so it's
0: terrible funny. and just so great I to watch.
3: Who <laughs> didn't stop. And I was like, how do you, like, why are they crying? <laughs> like, and like, you know, and what, they, they really love this person. And like, look, I am somebody that like loves to love, but like, oh my God. And then, and then, um, and then, and then I, of course, had to watch Too Hot to Handle because I didn't have enough reality <laughs> show in my life. And then eventually, I w- I've said this in interviews, and maybe, sorry, it's old hat, I don't have anything new for you, it's just fact, and then I was just like, ugh, I still feel so like icky, because I'm trying to take my mind off of it, mm-hmm. and I ended up watching Afterlife by Ricky Gervais, okay. um, and I think it's brilliant. Um, I... I was watching it because I thought I was going to get like this Ricky Gervais comedy mm-hmm. but ended up crying because it's so human and so about loss and his ability to switch back and forth from like pure anguish from losing somebody that you love so deeply to like brutal british comedy is magnificent. Yeah. So and like, then that then that set me on the path of like I have to watch everything. Um or any I now now I'm done like being surfaced and I need to watch more stuff. Oh, British Breaking Show is ama- amazing. So right. it's queer eye, but um, but also um, and then I I, I really love. But right now I'm obsessed with um, I May Destroy You. Okay. Think it, and then I of course I watched that and I was obsessed with it and I, I watched um, Track Down Chewing Gum her other series. Yeah. And then um, what else? Oh. Uh, for laughter, uh, um, the dress up, the dress up gang. Have you watched this?
0: No, I don't, I'm not sure. I know that
3: Tim and Eric produced it. It was on TV, TBS. Okay. It hilarious. Um, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Tim and Eric. Yeah, yeah. Producing. They, they didn't direct it, but it's Tim and Eric producing. So of course, it, there's a brand of weirdness. But it's so good. And then um, this, this much, uh, this I, what, how do you say this? This much I know is true. Yeah, um, yeah. I had, It took me a few sittings, but that show is brilliant. Yeah,
0: it's dark. Yeah. It's
3: very dark. Um, and then Shirley, of course. Yeah. Now, I'm not just saying that because of Neon, I'm saying that because I love Josephine Decker's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, I've watched so much. I also want to, and then also early on in quarantine when it was coming out with um, Eliza Hittman's film um always sometimes yeah never rarely
0: sometimes always yeah i just watched that for the first time
3: it's really weird (laughs) my brain brain, adela romanski who's one of my best friends produced that movie and she produces for me too she's always like you start with an a with people (laughs) when i start with an f and so it's so funny that i actually say that movie with like i start with always
0: right right (laughs) I'll say it's, it's the optimist, right? You want to say always before you yeah. say never. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time, and thank you for this film. Uh, it's it's a phenomenal, very unique uh, experience. It's great.
3: Great, thank you.
0: Thank you so much.
1: She could be right. What? You're worried about catching something. This is so Really bad is gonna happen. I'm ready, I'm ready. She
2: did
3: this, did this, did
0: this, I'm not ready. Kate and Jane, thank you so much for joining me and thanks for uh for your performances in this this very unique and excellent movie. I'd just love to know first and foremost how you how you got to the project and what your first impressions uh, of the script were when you first received it. Kate, we could start with you.
2: Sure. Um, Amy and Jane and I have uh, known one another for a long time since um, we worked together in 2008. Um, and we are uh, friends and uh, have collaborated on a number of projects since then. So uh, when Amy came to me with the idea for the movie and she also said that Jane was going to be involved, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I there was no question. I was just so happy mm. that she had asked me to be part of it.
1: Yeah I I, yeah, I I love working with Amy and Kate, and like Kate was saying, we met in 2008. Kate and I were shooting a film with Joe Swanberg in my apartment in the East Village at the time, 66th Avenue A, and uh, uh, so, yeah, when Amy, this, this time it happened, I knew she was sending me little bits of things she was writing, and then, you know, we were vaguely talking about doing something, and then the Malibu fires happened and I had to drive downtown and stay at a hotel downtown. So I ended up closer to Eagle Rock. And so Amy called and said, Hey, just come over since you're already over, come over and I'll have Kate and Jay will just shoot us. And I mean, shoot you guys with some dialogue I've written. And I just was so happy. It was like, Oh, of course, you know, cause Kate and I were talking earlier about it's kind of like, Uh, you know if somebody invites me to a party or invites me over to shoot a film even if we don't know where it's going or what the film is going to be I would rather shoot the film
0: Mm. and and so Jane you said uh was kind of sending you bits and pieces as she was developing uh the script what what were your impressions of where she was taking this story uh you know like I said it's very unique right
1: yeah I mean I feel like when 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 she eventually latched onto the like mind virus idea, I thought mm-hmm. that's amazing, and uh, you know, but we had already shot the scene in the um, you know, where Kate's wearing that great sequin dress lying on the floor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, when we shot that scene, i we did not know it was going to become about a mind virus. Wow.
2: Yeah, the seed of the idea um, in its very nascent stages was uh, just a woman who um, is absolutely certain that she's going to die the next day and Amy never wanted it to be, um, you know, she never wanted to show a scene of uh, that woman getting a particular diagnosis and she didn't want it to be a situation where um, the, the woman had any sort of agency in her own um, impending death. So all of that was kind of baked into the original seed of the idea. Um, but yeah, I was very excited when Amy latched on to the idea of it um, being a mind virus. And I was very excited uh, when I found out that Jane was going to um, you know, be infected by this idea that she too was going to uh, die the following day, and um, that the movie was sort of going to extrapolate from there. I, I, uh, brilliant and I was very happy that that was the direction that Amy decided to go in.
0: Yeah. And, and Kate, as you started to play this character who, who knows she's going to die tomorrow, how did you prepare to play Amy as she's coming to terms with, with her death?
2: Yeah, sure. I feel like, um, Amy, uh, um, decided very early on that, um, what this, character's arc was going to be, was that she was uh, sort of struggling to um, uh, uh, feel um, the enormity of, um, that she's sort of paralyzed by how uh, momentous it is, that mm-hmm. she like she tries to um, cry and have a, a breakdown and she can't quite get there and she tries to be really moved by a piece of music and that doesn't work either. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I I can certainly relate to the feeling of um, being somewhat paralyzed by anxiety. Um, And I can definitely relate to the feeling of, um, you know, wanting to have a cathartic experience, but not not quite being able to to rise to the occasion. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, also, I would say Amy just um, she writes with a great deal of specificity. So she kind of, I don't know, she tells me what to do and I do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, yeah, and, and Jane, we we see your character both before and after uh, she knows her fate. So um, how how did you sort of approach that, that character shift and the moment where you kind of uh, become infected with this mind virus?
1: I think I just, like Kate said, I really just let Amy kind of boss me around a bit. <laughs> Sure. Um, and you know, to keep track of the levels, you know, um. Yeah, I mean that's Amy's direction.
0: And so, what it what is it like working with Amy? Obviously, you've you've all worked together before. Uh, tell me what it's like working with her, both uh, as a, as a writer of the project and director.
1: Well, what Cave and I've heard each other talk about a lot is that. You know it's nice working with Amy also because she's an actress so she knows what we're doing mm. So she kind of like lets you you know when I say she bossed me around what I mean is like she can tell me what to do and then but she also knows how to let me do it right um she, you know she doesn't interfere or you know she's not in her own way in my way kind of thing she she mm. lets me know what she would like and then she trust me to come come up with that you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: sorry go ahead
2: oh no i just I, I agree
0: yeah um was there was there a particular moment for either of you that was um especially difficult whether emotionally or or finding the right tone for for the for the performance anything particularly challenging
1: uh just finding the right pajamas yeah
0: <laughs> That was that was a real challenge.
1: Yeah. Amy has a brilliant assistant named Alex who who took care of that. Um I mean I knew what I wanted the pajamas to be because I have a similar pair. Um, I need to go get that brand name, but
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Kate, any anything for you that's particularly challenging, maybe? Um, yeah, I
1: mean I
2: feel like I mean it's all challenging to a certain sure especially for someone that you care so much about, like you just really don't want to mess up their movie. So, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I thought Kate handled really well, uh, balancing a leaf blower on the, on a, the side of a Canyon in Amy's backyard. <laughs> I thought that was really impressive in an evening gown.
0: Right. The
2: leaf
1: blower stuff was, um,
2: fun. It's fun to operate a leaf blower.
0: <laughs> That's great. Uh, Kate, you talked about um, how you can definitely identify with the character you played, struggling with uh, anxiety, longing for, uh, you know, ca- cathartic experiences. Um, uh, what? How about the the acceptance also that that, that the character plays? What, what? What? Could you go a little further with the idea of how you related to your character?
2: Sure. Um, you mean the acceptance towards toward the end of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scene was difficult to shoot. Um, Yeah, that, that certainly is more of a stretch for me in terms of like, I I personally am not there yet and would definitely, um, Mm. struggle to get there. So, um, yeah, it is kind of, uh, um, you do some sort of mental, emotional gymnastics to try your best to, um, understand what that feeling might be like, um, but yeah i mean amy creates a really safe environment um for actors to kind of take emotional s- swings if you will um because you trust that she'll only even if you're out on a limb she will um she will only use something that you would feel comfortable with um yeah
1: does does that, it, yeah. <laughs> totally, Absol- that makes perfect sense
0: yeah absolutely no that was great Oh. one last question for you guys um during during the quarantine season uh what's what's been keeping you both uh entertained or calm or whatever the case may be uh tv movies books whatever what, what have you guys been listening to lately
1: uh i have been listening to a lot of audiobooks while i hike because i can't sit still and watch any more streaming anything um, <laughs> sure. it, and i can't read books i my 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 you know, I can't sit and open a book. I'm just immediately thinking, like, life is passing me by.
0: Yeah, I'm with uh, you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, I find having lots of audiobooks, downloading them in my iTunes, and then listening to them on my iPod, you know, and walking way back in the hills forever, is super helpful. Um, That's yeah.
0: awesome. Any any particular books you want to shout out?
1: Yeah, a few of them are political, so I won't shout those out. <laughs> sure by the audience immediately um <laughs> but uh but i um i like pride and prejudice these days nice and um i also love david foster wallace like i've been mm. really listening to uh which what's call it um sorry i have covid brain uh, <laughs> uh i'll i'll find it while you talk to kate
0: <laughs> no worries kate any, anything you've been kind of watching listening to anything um, like that
1: yeah
2: i've gone through. um spurts of you know consuming um media and things and then other periods of time where it's just i i I haven't really been able to concentrate very well but uh i'm reading shock doctrine right now and then um i'm just recently catching up with
1: um the last dance the michael jordan documentary so you guys infinite jest is what i was i couldn't Uh, right call the name but then also the pale king it, particularly the pale king right now, I recommend. Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, uh,
0: Kate and Jane, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this film.
1: Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much, Daniel.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening to Daniel Howitt's interviews with the writer and director of She Dies Tomorrow, Amy Simetz, and two of the film's stars, Caitlin Scheel and Jane Adams, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support